Hi, I want to welcome you to Equip Up. If you've been following us, uh, we've been talking about the authority of the believer. We've done two sessions on that, and this is all new for this year. And uh, so we're just going to pick up, and I'll do just a little bit of a recap on last session. But tonight, we're going to be talking about our position in authority. Now, uh, on the last time that we were talking about, we were just saying, you know, what is authority? And we were saying authority is delegated power. And then, of course, we talked about, well, how strong is this authority? And to answer that question, it depends on what's back of the authority that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to us. And, of course, God himself is the authority behind it. And as we said on the last session, that everything that Jesus is, is represented in his name. And so when we use the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus himself dealing with demon spirits. We've been talking very much about, you know, taking authority over the devil. And really, uh, you know, the Bible tells us in Acts ten thirty eight that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so the Bible calls sickness and disease satanic oppression. And uh, maybe if you're realizing what's going on in in our world today, uh, viruses and things, you know, in the name of Jesus, we have authority over these things. As believers, we have a right to walk in divine health. We've been ransomed, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for us was sufficient for our redemption. And uh, we're going to read just a little bit more uh, talking further about this. But tonight I kind of want to get into this, this next phase of teaching on this where we're talking about our position. And so I kind of want to get into this in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, And I'm going to read this uh, New King James it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, when you read the King James Version, if you, if you read that, it says all power. But in the Greek, the word is actually the word for authority. And then in verse 19, Jesus said, Go therefore and make, you know, into all the world. Well, when he told us to go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, verse 20, the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. When he said to the the church, to the believers, these new believers, when he said, go, therefore, immediately, he was delegating the authority that he had to them. You know, uh, people have read this verse and thought that Jesus was just telling them all authorities, you know, been given unto me. Well, if he was, if he had it and we don't, then that'd be great that he had it, but that wouldn't be helping you and I much here living on this planet where the arch enemy of God who hates all that is of God and is certainly his creation, mankind, uh, we would be in a, a real bad situation. But Jesus was saying, it's all given to me. I've taken it back. In other words, the authority, the dominion that Adam lost in the fall, Jesus said, I got it back. And the penalty price for our sin that, you know, the scripture tells us in Isaiah that, 
you know, all have sinned. They've, they've come short of the glory of God. The scripture tells us that there's none righteous, no, not one. And, and so, you know, man needed a savior, but we couldn't save ourselves. Jesus Christ had to do that. And Colossians 1.13 says that we've been delivered because of the work of Christ, because of his death, burial, resurrection, that crucifixion on the cross, the shedding of his blood, all of that together was the, the triumphal act of the Lord Jesus Christ purchasing and securing our redemption. And so when Colossians uh, 1.13 says that we've been delivered out of the power and the dominion of darkness, and we've been translated or carried over into the kingdom of the Son of His love, you weren't just uh, born again and made a new creation in Christ. You were taken out of the dominion of darkness and you were moved over into the victory of the family of God. And uh, as we will read further, there's many more truths in the Bible, especially the book of Ephesians, which we will be getting into here just shortly. So Jesus said, go. Because he had the authority, he delegated it to the church. He delegated that to you and I. He's saying, now you go out in my name. And of course, I love uh, the commission there in Mark's gospel, uh, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, you know, go into all the world and, and preach the gospel to, to the nations. And he tells us there, these signs will follow them that believe. And the very first sign that he mentions that should be following the life of a believer is they'll cast out devils. You see, Satan is nothing more than a, a fallen angel and, and, the, and the demon spirits, they are the ones who were roped into that rebellion with him and they are all defeated. They're fallen, they're defeated, they're rendered powerless according to the word of God. And the Bible says, you and I, having received Christ, have not only been delivered out of that dominion, but then we've been put into the family of God in a place of dominion. And uh, so let's just go on a little further because we're talking about our position. And I'll tell you what I'm about to read to you from the scriptures. You want to take notes on this. You want to write this stuff down because this is some of the most powerful revelation, I believe, in the Bible talking about our authority. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, we're going to look at verse 6, and uh, I, might even, I might even back up just a little bit on this. Let's just, uh, I'll start with verse 4, just to kind of give a little background here to bring us into this truth that we're about to reveal here. The Word of God shows so plainly. It says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and our trespasses and our sins, yet he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. And so many believers, of course, you know that verse, you know that well, you know it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, Titus 3, 5, but it's according to his grace and his mercy. So we've been uh, saved by his grace through faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, then verse 6, notice what this says. It says, And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Raised us up together. Made us sit together 
in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, he's saying here that when he raised Christ up and Christ was raised from the dead, when he raised him up and he was raised up in victory, God accounted it that we were raised with him. Say, how can that be? Because he didn't do it for himself. The great conquest that he made, he did not go to the cross. He did not die a torturous, uh, horrible death for his sin. It was for yours and mine. And so in the sight of God, what he was doing was he was paying the penalty price. Uh, That's what the word intercessor means. The scripture says that Jesus made intercession for the saints. That means he took our place. And so here on the cross, he took our place. He went to hell. He took our place. He, he triumphed over Satan gloriously. We're going to read in Colossians and he took our place. He did it for us. And so God, the father sees this triumphant act as when he raised up the son by the power of God, we were raised with him. When he made him to sit in the heavenly places, we were made to sit with him. That's a place of authority. That's a place of dominion. That is the place that Adam had lost it and Jesus won it back, secured it back. So powerful. Now, when you look at this and you realize my gosh, I've not only been purchased out of the kingdom of darkness, I've not only been redeemed by the blood of Christ, I've received the free gift of salvation. It just doesn't stop there. The dominion that Satan once had and could lord over humanity, you don't have it over me anymore. Why? Because I've been ransomed. I've been purchased. That means my penalty, my sin, my shortcoming, everything that made me guilty before God, has been paid for in full. So what did he pay it with? His blood. The blood of Christ is our victory. The blood of Christ that was shed for you and I. That's why when I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what am I saying? I'm saying I believe that the sacrifice that he made for me, dying on the cross and shedding his blood, dying for me, was sufficient to secure my salvation. And when I say, I accept that, I receive you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that with the heart, man believes unto righteousness or a right standing with God. And with the mouth, a confession is made that results in salvation. And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he, you, you have to believe this in your heart and you've got to speak it with your mouth. And if you don't, well, then it doesn't work for you. You know, a lot of believers today, unfortunately, they've got the same Bible. They can read the same scriptures, but some read and say, oh, that just sounds too good. I mean, I, just, I don't want to dare say I'm seated with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he's King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Well, we're not the ones saying it. God's the one who's saying it. God's trying to say, I didn't just save you from a devil's hell. I raised you up in triumphant victory. I put you in a place of dominion and authority such as you have never known. You're going to walk in a place 
where you belong and a place where the enemy cannot defeat you. This is so powerful. And so our triumph over Satan's power is found in the resurrection and exaltation of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 7, the scripture says here, uh, of course, as we just read, that when Christ was raised, we were raised. But then uh, I want to look at another verse, and this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. He said, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Because we're the body of Christ and he is the head, Jesus is the head of the church, that's why we can see this marvelous truth that when he was raised, we were raised. The victory that he won, that's the victory that's accredited to us. And so we get to use his name and we get to speak his word. We get to come in the name of Jesus authorized by him to Tell Satan, you stop right there. You're trespassing. You have no right here. Now, he roams in this earth, and he's trying to walk in this place of dominion, but he cannot lord that dominion over the child of God. The reason he can't is because you've been purchased. You've been redeemed, and you've been given full authority, full jurisdiction, full right. If you didn't uh, get in on the last sessions, you need to go back and listen to them because we talk about what this authority is and what it, what it actually says. You know, the New Testament uh, was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And in the Greek language, it says that the word authority, it means all jurisdiction. It means all right. Uh, it just speaks of, of having a place of authority that works anywhere. You know, people have limited authority in our nation, certain state to state and things like that. And then some can transcend states with authority. But in Christ, in the spirit realm, it doesn't make any difference where you are or what country of this world you're in. As a believer in Christ, you have full authority and you can demand the devil to back up, back off, get out, stop what you're doing against my life. Now, I may not be able to stop him from doing things in your life if you, you know, want to just let him do it and up to him, but if you want to be free, then I can exercise my authority and you can be free. And as a believer in Christ, this is what Jesus commissioned us to do because everywhere Jesus went, you know, the scripture tells us clearly it was for freedom. Another translation says it was for liberty that Christ set us free. Well, he set the example all throughout the gospels. He was continually setting people free, opening blind eyes, deaf ears, healing the sick. He was delivering the oppressed. Jesus was continually being that example of liberating people. And, of course, you know, the enemy of God, Satan, and the demon spirits, they didn't, they wanted to dominate mankind. That's where we talked about this, you know, the guy, the uh, gathering demoniac. He had 2,000 devils. They were trying to run his life forever. But Jesus walks in on the scene, and those devils are screaming out and saying, if you come to torment us before the time, and I mean, they are in a panic. And if you read that story, and I don't have time to get back into it, it's quite obvious Uh, that they recognize the authority that he walked in. And it's that authority that Jesus walked in that he delegated to the church. And he didn't do it 
just for us to have like a good luck coin to stick in our pocket and you see these goofy movies where they make a cross and hold it up at some dark power. No, it's not by holding up a cross. It's by holding up the name of Jesus and telling that devil, you just stop that right now. Shut it down. We, uh, we have so much dominion and so much authority that uh, I think we've just really fallen short of our rights and privileges in Christ because we haven't known. And this is, again, this is a subject that Satan really wants to keep believers ignorant of because if they find their place, then he cannot uh, run over top of them. Unfortunately, you know, many believers... They don't know their authority, and so the the devil just takes advantage of the ignorance. And that's why God said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's not because the redemption's not there. It's not because uh, God plays favorites. It's not because, you know, he blessed this one over here, and they just have a peaceable life, and these others are tormented. It's because one knows the truth of God's word. One of them knows what belongs to them. They exercise it. They expect it, they walk in it, and the others don't. And it's not God's fault. I mean, God's given us his word. It's not his responsibility to just enlighten me about everything that's in the scriptures when I can just open up the Bible and read it for myself. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. You know, when the disciples saw that Jesus was leaving, you know, they were kind of perplexed about it. And he immediately said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you another helper. And that was the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes in to indwell us. He's there to help you understand the scriptures. He's there to shine light on the word of God and show you the revelation of Christ at such a level that you begin to be freed in every area of your life. If you'll just give God something to work with by reading his word. We read it and we trust the mighty teacher, the guide, the Holy Spirit to show us, open our eyes, help us see what we're not seeing. And so, uh, you know, these are powerful truths. In Romans 5.17, I'm going to read the uh, NIV. And uh, it says, For if the trespass of one man, his death reign, that death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. He said, if by one man's trespass, that was Adam, death reigned through that one man, or because of him, because of that trespass, death was able to reign over humanity. He said, how much more, how much more what? How much more would those who receive God's abundant grace and gift of righteousness reign in life through Christ? or because of what he, he did for us. Uh, the New Living Translation, same verse, it says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who received it will live in triumph over sin and the death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 17, King James says that we shall reign through him or through Jesus Christ. We're not supposed to live dominated by the devil. We're not supposed to be living in torment because of him. God's given us his word to not only show us who we are, 
and what belongs to us, God's position toward us and the love of God that Paul said by the Spirit of God in the 8th chapter of Romans that we would never be separated. There, he said there was not height or depth. There wasn't power, not principality, or anything created that could separate you and I from the love of God. And it was the love of God that sent Christ to the cross. It was the love of God that secured your redemption in full. There is no more payment left to be made. There's no penalty left to be made. Simply, God paid the price for you and I. God paid the full price through Christ. Now, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Listen to this. It says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements of the law that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Your sin is nailed to the cross. Your shortcoming, everything that you lacked, it's nailed to the cross. That's why you cannot make yourself right before God by good works. It's by accepting the finished work of Christ. The finished work of Christ. Let that soak in. The finished work of Christ, plus nothing else. You receive what Jesus did for you, and you're clean, you're free, you're delivered. It's all an inclusive package. Somebody said, well, I don't feel free, I don't feel delivered. Well, maybe you haven't acted like this word is true. Maybe you haven't acted on your privileges and rights in Christ. Maybe you haven't taken the name of Jesus and demanded that oppression to leave you. Told that fear to get out of your home. Told that demon spirit that's been harassing your family and your life to stop in the name of Jesus. You have the authority, but you have to use it. Now, it tells us here that he not only, uh, verse 15 says, we just read 14, having wiped out the handwritings, the requirements, the ordinances, the things that were against us, contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, nailed it to the cross. Then it says, having spoiled, this is talking about what Jesus did, having spoiled, uh, another translation more accurate says, disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The word spoiled in the King James it uses, it means to completely strip and violently remove valuable possessions. In other words, Satan's armor, wherein he trusted, Jesus stripped it away. He had nothing. Openly defeated. According to Colossians, he made a show, a demonstration of total victory over him and demon power. That's why they tremble at the name of Jesus. That's why you read in the Gospels, Jesus walks into the synagogue and here's a guy with an unclean spirit. Jesus barely gets through the door and all of a sudden this demon yelling out through the guy, have you come here to torment us before the time? We know who you are. I mean, looks like they just kept their mouth shut. Maybe <laughs> they might have got a little apiece. They'd have been okay, but no, they are so stinking scared of him. They started yelling out loud. 
And then Jesus would just deal with it. Well, he gave us his name. And that's one of the, one of the key things that you need to remember is that Satan and all those demon spirits, they have not forgotten the horrible defeat in which they suffered. They know the name. They recognize the name. Then we read this. Uh, this is Luke chapter 11 and uh, verse uh, 21 and 22. And I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. This is, this is really good. It said, Satan's belongings are undisturbed as he stands guard over his fortress kingdom, strong and fully armed, with an arsenal of many weapons. But, <laughs> here's the kicker, but when one stronger than he comes to attack and overpower him, the stronger one will empty the arsenal in which he trusted. The conqueror will ransack his kingdom and dis distribute all the spoils of victory. Right here, we see just a very good word picture of exactly what happened to Satan. For one stronger than he overpowered him, stripped him of his armor that he trusted in, and spoiled him openly and made a show. It's interesting, uh, looking at a study in the Greek language, when, when Jesus uh, made a triumph over Satan openly in the Greek language, the connotation was in the times of war when kings would go out to battle and when they would conquer another king, they would take the king's robes off of him and run him um, all but naked through the street. And then for all the people to see, this guy's totally defeated. Then he would be forced to the ground and the conquering king would put his foot on the guy's neck and just mash down on it to let everyone see, I have total, total victory over this king. He is defeated. And that's kind of the word picture that the Spirit of God inspired Paul to use when he said of Jesus Christ that he conquered Satan and made a show of him openly. Another translation says, made a public spectacle. So this was not done in a corner. It wasn't um, done where just a few hidden saw it and no one else knew. And Jesus said, oh yeah, I won but no one knew. No, no, the whole universe knew about this. All the angels of God, the angels of heaven, the holy angels, they all saw the whole thing. They saw the entire thing. They all know about it. <laughs> they all know about it. And then the, the scripture tells us that Jesus led captivity captive. All those who had gone on the patriarchs before Jesus came, they were in Abraham's bosom, a place where they were a kind of a containment where they were. And he came and told him of the triumph. And he said, he led those captives out captive. In other words, he said, come on guys, I've got your redemption. It's all secured. Let's go. I mean, it's just the coolest picture. When, when you really read into the scriptures and you see these things, you realize that what God did through the Lord Jesus Christ, the compassion of our Heavenly Father, the powerful love of God, this is the absolute greatest rescue story, greatest rescue mission that has ever been accomplished and ever will be accomplished. You know, we, we get really moved by when we see heroes and men just do amazing, heroic things. But I'll tell you, when you look at this, this is the most powerful story you could ever read. And this is something that will last for eternity. This is something 
that didn't save just a few, this belongs to all of humanity. Say, why aren't everybody saved? Because they haven't accepted him. And that's exactly the reason why we have to tell the good news. Now, I want to close with this thought. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Since, therefore, this is the Amplified Translation, these his children share in flesh and blood in the physical nature of human beings, he himself, Jesus, in similar manner, partook of the same nature, that by going through death he might bring to nothing and make of no effect him, talking about Satan, who had the power of death, that is the devil. What does this mean for the Christian today? What does this mean for the believer? What what did that verse just get done telling us? It means that the lost dominion that Satan took through deception over Adam and Eve was violently stripped from him by the Lord Jesus Christ and restored to those on this planet called human beings. It was restored for us. So as many as received him, John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. I'll tell you what, sons of God are an amazing, amazing thing. From God's perspective, sons of God are powerful. Sons of God are mighty. Sons of God are glorious. But many people just don't read enough to see what marvelous things that God has done for you and I. And this is exactly why we're going through this, just verse by verse and talking about these things. Because, you know, if you've received eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ, you have just received full dominion and authority and been given the right to use the name of Jesus, which Philippians 2.19, I believe it is, says that God gave him a name above every name that named, not only in this world, but that which is to come, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord.